You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you are joining me for episode number 250. I'm so excited to be here. It's been six years of doing this podcast, and I know I just had a little bit of a break as I was preparing to do this show and also a break to enjoy the holiday with my family, but I'm happy to be here. I can't believe that I've made it to episode 250, and I want to thank all of you for um, sticking by me all this time, for understanding when I was going through a health crisis, and uh, for being so loyal, and for still being here, and being part of my Facebook group, and just supporting me over the years. I truly appreciate it. I am not stopping. In fact, I have plans to make this podcast bigger and better in the coming year, God willing. Um, Today's show is a special episode. I asked you before the break to send me in some tips, uh, your favorite tips that you've heard on this show, the most helpful tips that you've heard over the last six years. What was your favorite? And I got lots of messages and emails in. I'm not going to do any audio today because I have a lot to cover, Um, but I am going to go over some of those favorite tips as well as share with you what I learned this year in the year 2020. I know we've all learned a real lot, Uh, but before I get to all of that, I just want to go over some announcements and kind of just you know, catch up a little bit because it's been a little while. I think it's been about a month since you've heard from me. So as far as the holidays, it was really uh, what a very different year this was compared to every other year that I've ever had that is always filled with such holiday stress and hustle and bustle. This year we had a very low-key year. Um, It was a little bit strange. I had a lot of emotions around Christmas this year because I think this was the first Christmas morning ever that I've been a mom that my kids were not here on Christmas morning. I don't know why that happened. Usually they get here late on Christmas Eve and we wake up together and it was just such an odd year and they're, they've grown up so much. I don't know if you've noticed this with your kids. Um, just as much as maybe we feel like we've grown a lot this year, I've seen some massive growth in my kids, massive changes just even in their thought processes and the things that they do and they've matured a lot and so this year they were they were just so different it was strange like they were very appreciative of the gifts that we got them which was not much at all this year to be honest I mean we gave them one one or two small tiny things to open and then there was a little bit of money but it was very minimal compared to what we usually can do yet they were so happy and we had just a beautiful day I didn't cook a lot I cooked a little bit you know we didn't do anything fancy because we don't have a big family here it was just us and but it was nice because even my oldest daughter who doesn't come around that much these days she was even here and we all just kind of enjoyed some time together and it was it was really nice and I I hope and wish that you all had a nice holiday too if you celebrate Christmas um, or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate and New Year's was very quiet for us as well. We, we don't go out and party the way that we used to. Uh, we've kind of grown to love being at home and 
I told you we're on these new crazy diets, so it's been a little bit difficult for us to kind of go out anyway. So very quiet holiday, and it ended with our birthdays, which was the 3rd and the 4th of January, and we went up to our favorite city in St. Augustine, just the two of us, and we didn't even do a lot there. We kind of just walked around, we did some sightseeing, and just spent some time together away from the house, so that was really, really nice. So. I'm well rested, I think, and I'm ready to get back to work. Um, I'm ready to ease back in, I should say. So I'm pretty excited about all of that. Um, the political picture in our country, as many of you know, is still quite a mess, and I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but we're still living in some crazy times, and I think, I think the the silliness of us all to think, well, gosh. Can't wait now till 2020 is over. Well, I, I don't know how many of us thought this was just going to go away as soon as January 1st hit, but the reality of it is is that it doesn't just go away and that we're still living in this, um, but we have a new year ahead, and I'm super hopeful about this new year, and I hope that you are too. And so with that, I would ask you, you know, to maybe stop and think about this week. Think about what did you learn in 2020? I'm going to tell you what I learned later, but what did you learn? What did your kids learn? What did your spouse learn? And maybe move into this new year um, thinking about those things and thinking, you know, what are the things that I learned that I want to implement in 2020? What are my plans? Or I'm sorry, 2021. Or what wasn't working for me? this last year what didn't work and so much that I want to get rid of it and I want to move forward without that maybe it was just some negative thinking that we had you want to move away from that whatever it was whatever positive habits you want to start or negative habits you want to break now's the time to do it because we're moving into a new year and even though the landscape doesn't look very good I want you to remain hopeful and positive because we have some really good things to come uh, once all this craziness wraps up and hopefully that'll be soon I don't know but I know that no matter what goes on in the world around us we still have control over the way we react to it as well as how we help our family through it and that's mostly important so instead of focusing on the outside world and the news and everything that's going on because that can be so scary just focus on the inside focus on yourself focus on your family and your home and make 2021 a better year. I know none of us anticipated what was ahead in 2020, and we still don't know what's ahead this year, but I am definitely going to remain positive, and I hope that you do too. And one little exercise that you can do uh, is called scripting, and this is not something that I made up, but if you go back to a very old show on Law of Attraction that I did, it was episode number 93, uh, my guest talks about scripting, which is really just, and you can go back there and hear her explanation of it, but it's really just envisioning what you want your future life to be and writing that out, actually writing out as if you are there already. And it's just a good little exercise that you could do and kind of something you can teach your kids to do because I think it's important with this year ahead to not stay in a negative mindset and to not focus on the problems that are happening, everything that we see. It's easy to do that, especially when you turn on 
the news or you get on social media, that's one of the reasons that you have not seen me on social media this year. I just can't deal with it. I can't, and I apologize to everybody in my group. I'm not trying to stay away. I'm still hoping that somebody steps up and wants to help me moderate the group. It's just a very difficult space for me to be in right now. Um, I'm very empathic and it's painful for me to see the negativity that's going on. And so I pulled myself away from it. Um, I might permanently be looking for a new platform. I know Facebook has been very censored and it's been very political and I don't really like that. And so um, I urge everyone to make sure that I have your contact information and you could simply do that by making sure that you belong to my newsletter. I honestly have not been very consistent with sending those out. I I wanted to send one out a few weeks ago and I was having trouble with the platform and I haven't been back on. But in addition to sending you out the occasional newsletter, it's just good that I have your contact info so that if I do change my platform that I will have a way to reach you and let you know where I am and what I'm doing. So please subscribe to that at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe. Um, Please make sure you share my podcast with others that you know that are in blended families and even some people that are not because I do also cover a lot of information that is not just specifically blended family related. I have other topics as well that I cover and I've got a lot of stuff planned in the new year for you guys. I've got a lot of great guests starting with next week. We're going to have on an organization specialist and I know that Uh, Many of us can use that right now, right? We've been home for a year, many of us, and the house has gotten a little chaotic. Maybe everybody's stuff has kind of impermeated every other room, and so it's important to figure out a way to get organized, and that can be very overwhelming. So I think you're going to really love next week's show. And let's see. I think that those are all of my announcements. Oh, one last thing that I am going to be working on coming soon is I'm going to have some uh, apparel and logo merchandise to send out to you guys, not only for when I do free giveaways, which by the way, I do free giveaways. And if you want to be entered into those, you just have to be a member of my list like I just shared with you. And when you do that, you'll also be entered into these. But I'm going to start giving away some Blended Family logo merchandise such as keychains, tumblers, um, tote bags, things like this. Plus, that stuff is also going to be available for you to purchase, which is a great way to help support me. As you know, I don't ask for money to do this show and I really don't have a lot of advertisers. Um, and it's just a way for you to, to kind of help me out because I do have expenses um, when it comes to making this show and I don't want to stop doing it. Um, but financially, we've had a pretty tough year. And so um, that is not out yet. But as soon as I get those things created, you will be the first to know. So thank you so much for listening to my announcements. And I'm going to get into all of our tips right after this quick announcement from this week's sponsor, Living the Good Life Naturally. Living the Good Life Naturally is a self-care company focusing on magnesium. Statistics show that up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient, which can cause a multitude of health issues including headaches, muscle cramps, seizures, hair loss, and more. Kristen Bowen, founder, created the company out of her own personal health struggles, so she really cares, and she has a mission to help others achieve optimal health. 
I myself am a huge believer in these products and I use them on a daily basis. It's been especially helpful for my anxiety and my pain. Try the magnesium soak, the magnesium spray, or the delectable bath bombs for an extra treat. And check out the website to see the entire product line and learn more at livingthegoodlifenaturally.com or you can go back and listen to episode number 237 when Kristen was on this show. Don't forget to use my promo code BLENDED to receive a special discount. Order today and get your health back. All right. So before the break, as I said, I asked you guys to send in tips and I did get a lot and I got a lot of repeat tips. So what I did, I didn't have time to go into all of them, but what I did was I picked out the top 10 tips out of all of those that I think are the most beneficial and that popped up the most. And then after I do those, I'm going to tell you about what I learned this year. So let's start with tip number one, and these are in no specific order here, uh, but just really good tips for your blended family. And the first one is you can't control everything that happens. You can only control your reaction to it. And that's something that I tell you guys all of the time. And it's more evident this year than any other year, right? Because the world is in chaos and we see that we can't control anything that is happening out in the world just as much of the time we can't control what's happening in our blended family we can't control what our exes are doing we can't control what our stepkids or our kids are doing and sometimes even our spouse and so really what it boils down to is learning how to react to what's going on around us how to not get triggered by those things how to understand that things are out of our control and really the control comes in the way that we hold our space and the way that we hold space for other people. And so I repeat that tip an awful lot on this show and it's just because I think that it's a good reminder for us to understand because I think a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to control other people and what they do and it just ends up leaving us very frustrated. So that's tip number one. You can only control your reactions to things that happen around you. Tip number two, don't ever use the kids to get to an ex. Or another way of saying that is don't put kids in the middle. Anytime we use our kids as pawns, it is wrong. We learn this, but sometimes we get caught up in it with a blended family. Sometimes it's, we don't even mean to, it's just because we don't want to maybe communicate with our ex. So we ask the kids to send a message for us, right? And so it seems very innocent. But our kids don't want to be the go-between. They don't want the responsibility. And a lot of times they mess it up. And when miscommunication happens, then arguments start. And so just don't, just get into the habit of not doing that. Kids should really not be involved in any of your affairs. They shouldn't really know about arguments or things that go on. You should just be corresponding directly. And if you can't do that face-to-face, that is okay. There's lots of other methods that you can use. You can do text, you can do email. And you even can use a parenting app like FAIR that I advertise on the show, Just or there's other ones too, um, but I really happen to like FAIR and the way that he runs his platform. And what's good about that is you never really have to worry about speaking with that person. Everything is done through the app. And so I just think that it's a really important thing to remember and a really good way to take some stress off of the shoulders of our children because they do not 
want to be the go-between. So that is tip number two. Don't ever use the kids to get to an X or don't put the kids in the middle. Tip number three, everything is not going to be perfect and that's okay. And this is a really good tip because especially in the beginning of a new blended family relationship, we really do think that it's perfect because it feels perfect. It feels magical and we want things to go so well and maybe we've just come off of a traumatic divorce and things look so hopeful and what happens is we get very let down when things don't go perfectly and so it's good to just remind you that things are not going to be perfect no matter how hard you try or no matter how hard you want them to be it's just not reality and the sooner you can realize that the sooner you'll be okay when things do fall apart you'll just remind yourself well that's okay and honestly problems are not bad problems are just a way to redirect yourself and solve a problem make a solution for something so don't worry you know and the other thing that I'll say about that is you know when there's no arguments you know people think oh that's great there's no argument but usually somebody's not being honest there so it's okay to argue sometimes it's okay to have a, a bit of a disagreement or a conflict or for things to not go right those are opportunities now for you to see what's going wrong and what you need to shift in the relationship or in the home so don't expect things to go perfect especially when you move in together you know you could have gosh you could have the best thing going in the world and then you take your two families and combine them under one roof and all hell breaks loose and you're like what happened and you get blindsided by it because things have been perfect all along so just don't don't fall into that trap okay so that was number three everything's not going to be perfect and that's okay tip number four it's okay and normal even to not love or feel attached to your stepchildren this is a tough one for people this one is controversial because you have, you know, one camp people saying you have to love your stepchildren and other people that don't and they feel shame about it and nobody should be judging anyone else about this because no one can help the way that they feel. There are all kinds of reasons for us feeling the way that we feel and not everyone loves their stepchildren. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes, you know, it's when you start the relationship. It could be when the kids are older and it's harder to bond with them. Sometimes it could be a behavioral issue and there's all kinds of things that can happen. And so a lot of people that think, you know, they hear from other people and they're like, oh, well, you know, I know this other person and they love their stepchildren and their blended family's okay and I'm listening to this podcast and I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, you know what? You're not doing anything wrong. It's okay. I do encourage you to try to love and to try to work on the bonds that can take you on a path to love but it's not always there and so you shouldn't um, judge or shame yourself or anyone else for that matter for not feeling that love or attachment initially or maybe ever maybe ever um, I do think that it's important to try to work on that for if anyone for your spouse for your partner because you know we care about these things we want our partner to love our children and when they don't it can certainly cause tension in the relationship so I definitely encourage you to try but I also don't want you to feel bad if you don't because it's totally normal 
and a lot of people feel the same way that you do. So that was tip number four. It's okay and normal even to not love or feel attached to your stepchildren. Tip number five, the best gauge of your relationship is how you get along when you're alone. So a lot of people find that there's a lot of conflict in blended family homes and that is normal. There is going to be conflict. And a lot of people will ask me, gosh, Melissa, I don't know. Is Does this mean it's over or what should I do? And of course, I can never answer those questions for you. But what I always try to let people know is, how is it when you are alone with your partner? How's the relationship when you guys are away? For instance, Sean and I, we just went to St. Augustine, like I mentioned, and there was not one argument, not one conflict, not even one shred of tension that whole entire time. And it's always like that when we're alone, always. But when we're around this house and we have the stressors of bills and kids and problems and God knows what, the mess, who knows, any number of those things, we're reminded of the stress and it instantly spirals one of us into an upset mood which can trigger the other person and it just brings up all kinds of things and so that doesn't mean our relationship is doomed it just means that you know we feel a little bit of stress sometimes but when we're alone it's amazing it always is and so I want you to look at your relationship like that the same way I understand if it feels chaotic when the kids are all there and there's problems and sometimes you guys are at each other's throats but when you're away or when you're just locked away in your room and it's just the two of us, or two of you, I should say, how do you get along then? How's the tension then? How's the conflict then? And that's a really good gauge of your relationship because your kids are not always gonna be living with you, or so we hope. I know there's a lot of kids living at home till they're 30 these days, but the goal is to get the kids launched and one day you guys are gonna be just the two of you again and that's what you're gonna to have to look forward to. So if your relationship right now, every time you're alone, you're fighting a lot, well then that's something that you wanna look at and you wanna see what are you fighting about. But again, I remind you, if, if most of your conflict surrounds the kids, well that's just a temporary situation. It's totally different than if you're fighting over your relationship or something like that that's personal between the two of you. Okay, so that's tip number five. The best gauge of your relationship is how you get along when you're alone. Tip number six, try and treat the kids as equally and as fairly as you can in your own home. And I know that this is a very difficult thing and that's why I say in your own home, you're never going to get things fair across the board when it comes to your ex or your partner's ex and those other households, you're just not. But in your house, you wanna keep things fair. And that's also difficult because you've got you know, two parents that come into this house and they have two different discipline styles and two different ways of handling things and that's okay, but you need to come together on this um, behind closed doors and have a solution and try to make it as fair as you possibly can. And I know that there's a fine line there because maybe you have kids that live with you full time and then another set of kids that only comes on weekends and we had that for a period of time. And the kids that come on the weekends, maybe you don't wanna have them do a bunch of chores like you have your full time kids do during the week because it's a different life on the weekend. And that's okay and that can all be explained but it can't be completely one-sided. And I say that with lots of things. 
And I know that even with bio kids, you can't always treat kids exactly the same. You have two kids that are bio, they don't even always have the same punishments. So I'm not saying everything has to be exactly the same, but it should be fair, if that makes sense. So I think that's really important to note. And when you don't do this correctly, the first people that notice it are your children. They're going to be the first ones that point out the inequality to you. And then you're gonna to have to backpedal and figure that out. Um, and so it's important in the beginning, or as soon as you can, if you haven't done so already, to sit with your partner and come up with a plan of discipline, a plan of structure for your home so that you're not trying to figure it out as you go. But if you do try to figure it out as you go, as I did in my family, it's okay too. Just keep that in mind, okay? Number six, try to treat the kids as equally and fairly as you can in your own home, age appropriately, of course. Number seven, the bio parent should always be the heavy disciplinarian for their own kids. I've said this before on the show, uh, and I know that this, this can be unique in some homes. For instance, there are some homes where bio parent is away for periods of time on business and the step parent is the one that's responsible. And in that case, the step parent has to step up. But what I'm talking about here more is that if the bio parent and the step parent are in the house and there's something that needs to be handled discipline wise, it always should be left to the bio parent if they are there. This is extremely important. This is important because you don't want the children to resent their step parent. You don't want that. That's gonna become more of a, an issue later on. And so um, it's super important that the bio parent tries to handle everything that they can with their kids for the heavy stuff. So this is, this is down to punishments, any of the big stuff, school-related issues, things like this. Now, if it's something small like your stepchild didn't pick up their backpack, well, you a step-parent can handle that. Hey, honey, can you please pick up your bag and bring it to your room? Can you pick up your shoes or can you help me with the laundry or can you take the garbage out? Things like that. That's not discipline. Um, even smaller discipline like, hey, I noticed that you didn't do this. Um, you can't go outside for a little while. Things like that are all okay for a step-parent. But when it comes to, hey, I'm taking away your phone or you're grounded or anything like that, that should always be the bio parent. And that will save everyone down the road from a lot more conflict and a lot of hurt feelings. So I think that's a super important one to keep in mind. And again, there are certain situations that you can't avoid. Uh, if bio parent is gone, then step parent needs to step in and handle that. But if that happens, then the bio parent should circle back around later and say, hey, I know that there was some misbehavior when I was gone, and I know that it was handled, but I wanted to talk to you about it as well. That way, the child always knows that the parents are a united team. That's so super important. So that was number seven. The bio parent should always be the heavy disciplinarian. Number eight, tip number eight, open communication with everyone in the home is essential, especially with the kids. And I will note age appropriate open communication. Uh, I know that for some parents is very difficult. You know, I was raised by a mom and dad who they didn't really talk to us about a whole lot of things. Um, they weren't dishonest, but they just weren't as open and communicative. And that's, that's the kind of parent that I was in the beginning until I met Sean and Sean came from a different background and he taught me the right way to be. And I say the right way because I see the difference 
now that I have older kids of what it was like having this open communication because they come and talk to us now about everything about all of the things some of the things we have to tell them we don't want to hear those things but it's really really important and even when it comes to being honest with your children a lot of parents have a hard time being honest with their children and it is hard right there's going to be a time when your kid comes up to you and they asked if you ever tried this certain drug or if you drink or they're going to ask you a question about sex and you are going to not know how to respond so it's a good thing to note right now think if you haven't reached this point yet with your kids start thinking how would i respond with some of these questions because you don't want to be caught off guard but the thing is when you're honest you really never have to get caught off guard because you're just being honest so I think that it's really important and when it comes to and I just went over this uh, in a coaching session the other day when it comes to being honest with your kids about the other parents this is one where a lot of people struggle and they say well gosh I don't want to I don't want to you know badmouth my ex and I agree you never should badmouth your ex but that doesn't mean you can't be honest about certain circumstances and situations that go on. You can do that without throwing somebody under the bus. You can do things in an honest way, age appropriately, of course, where you're saying things matter-of-factly and you're not being mean. Okay? And so um, I think that that's really super important. I know it's helped my family a lot. And it will help you with your kids, especially, uh, well, really, no matter what age they are, it is extremely helpful. But start as soon as possible. And don't worry if you haven't started yet. If you're one of those parents that says, gosh, well, you know, it's too late. I've, I've not done this. Um, I always think it's okay to circle back around to your kids and say, hey, you know, I know that I haven't been very open with you in the past. And I've had some embarrassment about things or I've been shy or nervous to talk to you, but I want you to know that I'm working on that and I want you to feel that you can come talk to me about anything. Because what we don't want them to do is go talking to their friends about some of these matters because they might not get the right information. And that's especially when it comes to drugs and sex. We don't want to talk about those things that's uncomfortable, but would you rather them get their information from the internet or their friends because that is where they're getting it? And I'm telling you, it's not correct. Okay, so that was tip number eight. Open communication is essential with everyone in the home, especially kids. Uh, and tip number nine, remain calm in conflict because people usually don't fight with a calm person. Uh, this one to me, and I, maybe it's not in every situation, um, and maybe it might take a while. So let's say you're dealing with a very narcissistic, toxic ex who's very difficult and they're always looking for conflict and they're always starting a fight and they trigger you left and right and every time they trigger you, then you, know, you raise your voice and this turns into an all-out war. Well, have you ever tried to just remain calm in the face of that? Now, I'm not saying that's easy, it's, it's a simple thing to do, but it is certainly not easy to do when someone is triggering you. And that's just, you know, that will be another show where we've had shows about working on your triggers, but remaining calm. And that sometimes you need to breathe through that situation when they trigger you. You need to take a few deep breaths and center yourself and respond in the way that you need to, not necessarily the way you want to, because you might want to yell. But... 
if you remain calm, the other person may not keep yelling. Maybe they might try, but eventually they're, they're going to get bored of fighting with you. It's not fun anymore. If every time they try to trigger you, you don't get triggered, well, that's not very exciting, is it? So I think that that is really important thing to notice and to start playing around with in your life. Just start reacting differently, more calmly to the conflict and to the things going on around you. It's not only going to help, you know, kind of calm down the situation, but what it's also going to do is calm you down. It's going to help you. It's going to conserve your energy because you're not going to fly off the handle and you're not going to ruin your evening and have your energy drained. So just think of it that way too. You're doing this also to protect yourself. So that was tip number nine, remain calm in conflict. People usually do not fight with a calm person. And the last tip, which is number 10, is to learn to shift your perspective. And this is another one that I talk about an awful lot. I know it's probably exhausting for you guys to hear me talk about this so much, but it is one of the most important things we can ever do. It is literally the most important thing that you can do to change your life. When we look at things differently, the things we look at change. I know when Wayne Dyer said that all the time, and that is the absolute truth. We have a choice on how we want to handle a situation. We also have a choice on how we want to see the situation, how we want to feel about it. And sometimes it's hard to do that initially, so it's a practice that we have to get into of stopping for a moment when we're in one of those situations and saying, okay, wait a minute. Is this really what I think? Is this really the way this is happening? Is this person really acting the way that I think they're acting? Or why? Why is this person acting this way? Maybe they're acting this way because they're hurt or scared. There's so many different things. And I just think that it's so important. And it will be such a beneficial tool in your life if you could just start using that a little bit every day. And you, you don't have to even use it on conflict. You can, you can use it on everything. You can even use it, you know, when you're um, judging other people, right? We all do that. We all judge other people and situations. That's just a nature of being human. That's what we do. So the next time you go to judge a situation or a person, just stop and think, well, hold on. Let me shift my perspective on this a little bit and see if my opinion might change. Okay, so that's number 10, uh, learn to shift your perspective. So those are the top 10 tips that um, you've picked out and that I agree are the top 10 coming from the last six years of doing this podcast. And I think that there are, there are tips that you can take with you through the rest of your blended family life because I think that they're very helpful. And so as promised, the last thing I wanted to share with you was the lessons that I learned in 2020. And I learned a lot of lessons. And I would say that despite what a difficult year it has been, and it has been for everyone, and I've had my fair share. I mean, we've had financial difficulties and kid difficulties and all kinds of things. But I also would say that 
in some ways, 2020 has been one of the best years of my life. And why do I say that? I say that because I've learned some very huge lessons this year, as well as I've seen my family, right? I already told you that my kids, I, I've seen some major growth in them. Uh, they've been finding their spirituality. They've been just learning different things. I, I can't even put it into words. It's just like a different maturity that's come over them. Uh, my husband, I've seen probably the most growth I've ever seen in anyone has happened to him this just this year. He's uh, learned how to find his confidence. He's learned how to not get angry. I mean, my goodness, I could go on and on with him. He's learned a ton of things. Um, and so I'm so proud of him as well. And what I learned um, out of the many lessons that I learned, um, there's three that really stand out for me that I also think um, can be beneficial to you. And that's why I'm sharing these. These are not uh, just personal. These can be used for everybody. And the first one is to stop trying so hard. And, you know, I spent years trying so hard to make everything work, trying so hard to make everyone like me, trying so hard to build businesses, trying to be perfect. When we all know, one of the things that I learned is that that's just, um, that's not going to work. Or as my, um, that doctor that I told you about that I'm going to get on the show, he told me, um, everything is perfect already the way that it is, right? We're always looking for that perfection. We're always trying so hard. And by trying so hard, we're running a race that we can never win because by doing that, we're not taking care of ourselves. And sometimes we ignore the things that we need to do. So I just think that it's super important to not try so hard. Just be in flow. If you can meditate, if you can just stay in a positive vibe, in a positive attitude, the right things start happening for you. You don't need, you know, and I thought this of, you know, the, especially the last two years when we started the financial business, I was like, oh, I have to work so hard. I have to get up earlier than everyone else. I have to go to bed later than everyone else. I have to work all day long. I have to be working in the car when Sean's driving. That's really what I thought. It was so sad what I did to myself. I tried so hard. I put so much pressure on myself. And part of that is because I was listening to what other people were saying, right? Other gurus that I was following that said, oh, you have to be the hardest worker if you want to be successful. And I realized this year when I was put down uh, with a medical issue that I couldn't try so hard. And somehow miraculously through rest, through months of rest and not being able to do as much, I grew. And then the right thing started to happen. And I just became better at things without trying and I know that sounds really weird but it actually does happen that way and so that's the first tip that I learned uh, the second one was um, too much thinking causes pain <laughs> and that was another one that I learned from my um, my eastern practitioner but he was right because I'm an overthinker and I know a lot of you are too. We think about a lot of things. Just it's, it's a human thing to do. That voice in our head is always talking at us, but some of us more than others. And so if you're a person who thinks a lot, you know that the thinking causes us pain. 
right? All of a sudden we start to feel negative and down. Well, if that happens, I want you to stop right away and think, well, what was I just thinking? Because I must have just been thinking something that caused this stress to well up in me or this fear or these unsettled feelings. It's usually because a thought preceded that. So I caution you to think, what, what are you thinking? Number one, what are you thinking all day? And number two, can you calm that thinking down a little bit or replace it with some thoughts of positivity? That's what I'd want you to do first because you're not going to be able to shut it off immediately. So first, just kind of transition from any negative thinking processes into positive ones and then just try not to think. When you see that you're just like thinking and thinking on this thing, just try to switch over to some breathing. Just, you know, count four in and four out and do that a few times just to kind of break the cycle of the overworking brain. That has helped me immensely. And that's why I stress the importance of meditation, which I had a very hard time and I still have a hard time meditating. But meditating isn't just sitting in a room with your eyes closed, you know, in the dark. That's not necessarily what it is. It's just stopping the brain from thinking. You can meditate while you're doing the dishes. Just concentrate and focus on what you're doing. Focus on the dishes, not all of the bills and other things that you have to do. Just focus on what you're doing. That's just being in the present moment. And when we're in the present moment, we can shut off our brain for a few minutes and just give it a rest. And it'll always make you feel better. Um, and that's helped me a lot too this year. So that was my lesson, my second lesson that I learned. And the third lesson, and this is a really big one, if you don't listen to the universe, if you don't take care of yourself, you are gonna be forced into something. You are gonna be knocked over the head by the universe. Something is going to happen to you if you don't listen to the signs. And so you say, okay, fine, well, I can't listen to signs. I don't get it. That's fine. I, I don't take signs very well either, and neither does my husband. We need to get smacked over the head, as you can see, because look what happened to me. I chose to not take care of myself for a very long time, especially the last two years, or three, I should say three, when I started the finance company and I was trying to do more than a human physically could. And my husband kept telling me, Melissa, you're gonna get sick, you're gonna get sick, you gotta stop, and I didn't listen. I, I thought I was strong enough. I thought I could do it. I thought I was, you know, superwoman. And what I learned was that that wasn't true because instead of, you know, taking care of myself and never getting into the situation I did, I ended up being in intense pain that I'm still dealing with. I'm still trying to heal. I have more problems than a little bit. And this all could have been avoided if I would have just listened to my body, if I would have just taken care of myself, if I would have stopped pushing myself too hard, if I would have stopped thinking so much and abusing myself with my thoughts. There was so much that I was doing to myself to not take care of me. So I ask you, are you doing that? Did you take 2020 and get completely stressed out and worry and focus on everybody else but yourself? Or did you take this year to get the rest that you needed and adopt some self-care practices? And I hope that it's the latter, but if you didn't, it's never too late to start. Now is a perfect time. We're in a new year. Start taking care of yourself now. It doesn't have to be where you have three hours a day to yourself. If you are so busy right now that that seems so unrealistic, what about five minutes? 
If you don't even have five minutes to give to yourself a day, then what are you doing? And I understand because I was that person. I didn't give myself five minutes to do one enjoyable thing for myself, like read a book or take a bath or go on a walk or just sit in peace and quiet for five minutes and stare at the wall because that's what I needed. I didn't allow myself that ever. I never asked for help. So I want you to learn from my lessons. I don't want you to be in the same position that I was. I have a big family to take care of, but guess what? Now I'm taking care of myself and I have more energy to take care of my family. Do you know I wasn't even cooking for a while? I was so sick that I couldn't cook. Now I'm able to cook. Now I'm able to sit and enjoy my time with my family. I'm able to have conversations with them. I'm able to shut my computer when I feel too tired. Or like when I tried to do that newsletter a few weeks ago and I I said, well, you know what? I can't figure this out right now. My followers will understand if I don't have a newsletter. Right? Instead of what I used to do to myself, oh my gosh, I have to get this newsletter out or people, people aren't going to listen to me. They're going to be mad. It was so silly what I did. And so I'm sharing that. Um, some of that's embarrassing to share, but I'm sharing it because, well, I, I want to help and I feel like it could help you guys too. So that is my show for today. I hope I didn't bore you with my personal stuff, but I, I don't really talk about myself a whole lot and I know some of you um, enjoy that. And you probably won't hear a whole bunch more for a little bit. But that was more about me. That was the tips for you guys as well. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I do hope that you join me next week when we talk to Darla tomorrow, who is our organization specialist. I love you guys all so much. Have a great week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.